Um, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm like you in the sense of like, um, I take action and I make decisions quickly and I just do it. Um, that's how I started my podcast. It was just like, boom, done, you know? Um, and honestly, and I didn't even do any research and, you know, I guess I kind of had that typical, I don't care attitude, which is the wrong attitude to have, but I was not walking my walk. So, um, so yeah, so, so first we want to understand the industry. You'd be surprised at how many business owners don't even understand their own industry. You have the knowledge, the experience and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everyone. Today I have with me my good friend, Jill Miller, and Jill and I maybe have known each other for a month, maybe two months, but she has jumped into my life and it's been fantastic. Um, she owns Vera Creative. She has helped many business owners in a variety of capacities as a consultant and a director. And she does some awesome business and marketing initiatives, which uh, I'm super pumped about. She's also a yoga instruct instructor and very passionate about yoga and a mom and a husband and a dog mom and everything else. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you. Thank you. That's a nice introduction. Uh, you captured it all pretty much. Yeah, I tried. I tried. Oh, and a professor, adjunct professor. Yeah. yeah like, oh, let's give you the real props. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That That's what gives you the clout right there. You're like, oh. You got to lead with that. Professor. Those who can't teach. <laughs> That's what they hey, say, right? I have a master's in education. Careful now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is going to be fun because we've really gotten to know each other as well as you can online, which is pretty stinking good. Uh, we probably have 40 texts and messages back and forth daily. Uh, you are doing some research for me, which I'm stoked about. And I really want to talk about because when it comes to marketing and propping ourselves as business owners into a place where we are at, at a place where we can actually strategize and implement in a way that actually makes sense. Uh, that's a weakness of mine and many, many, maybe visionaries or, um, you know, I'm more of an implementer, implementer, but I just go straight to strategy. I don't like, it's a lot of times it's like, instead of doing the research ahead of time and making sure I've got everything dialed in and then go, I'm just go. And I'm going to learn as I go, and I'm just go, 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 go. And it's worked for me, but I'm really excited to talk about some of the things you do. First of all, like how many kids do you have? Tell us a little bit about yourself, personally. I know this is a convoluted story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have two children right now. We have a four-year-old daughter named Kensington, and we have a 16-month-old son named Kyler. And on December 25th is our due date for our third son. And, wow. Well, I, I won't give away the name. Oh, you already know the name. <laughs> but we, yeah, we do have a name. Yes. It's, and it's, the name is so fitting for the situation. This whole pregnancy has kind of been a nightmare and I've been pretty open about that, but, um, it also ties in with my business, ironically enough. So yeah, it's like literally my, my babies. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, oh, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So when are you due again? So due December 25th. Christmas oh, is the right. due date. Yeah. Yay, Christmas baby. And <laughs> yeah. Are you going to practice? So we, oh, go ahead. We know we have to have a C-section. Mm. So they scheduled it for the 19th, which is the Monday before Christmas. Bright and early, 730 in the morning. I'm going to get up at like four. It's going to be like I went into labor. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, would you do me a favor and turn up the gain even a little more on your mic for some reason sure. it's not even showing registering on here can you hear my dog then yeah but it's okay okay yeah it's I'm all right so it is what it is life life yeah. happens so oh my goodness yes you have your dog just had a procedure has to be in a crate and hates crates and so it's barking like a crazy 
he's a little yapper. He's an ankle biter. He <laughs> is a um, miniature pincher. Okay. And then we have a hound mix. So we have kind of the bigs and the smalls, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> the opposite. And the hound mix, he's so sweet, but he gets really hyper. So we've got the hyper big dog and the yappy little dog. Oh my gosh. It's pure chaos in the Miller household. Just like kids. <laughs> so you're adding number three on, on Christmas, basically. And, uh, Wow, what a what a Christmas gift. Have you already decided with your husband, are you guys going to do half birthdays? Are you going to celebrate on halves or are you going to celebrate on Christmas? No one has asked that. I didn't even consider that, so oh, thank you. Such an important thing to think um, through. So important. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, that's a strategy we'll have to consider. Yeah, I know. I, I only know that because I have a niece who does this, and she's like, um, it's my half birthday. I'm like, okay. I don't really care. I just want, hey, here's a day I'm going to celebrate you, and that's that. Um, but yeah. Uh, so You know what's kind of cool? You know what's kind of cool? My daughter was born in August, which is my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. My first son was born in June, which is my dad's birthday. And this baby will be born in December, which is my sister's wow. birthday. So all my kids share the birth month of my immediate family members. Uh, be- I'm sure there's research around when babies are born and like the, the high months and low months. I know there's like, oh, yeah. the, you know, the certain um, cliche. This was an anniversary. We went out for our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a really good time <laughs> to conceive. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been married? Um. Oh my gosh. I'm so bad at this. I think five years, six years. Okay. I I have to have my husband's birth date as my phone password because I'll forget it. Oh my gosh. And I have 317 is the month and the year we got married. It's in my personal email. Otherwise I'll forget it. Wow. So I'm, we're we're getting so personal here. People are like, you know, you get on those phone calls and they're like, would you please confirm your mother's birth date? I'm like, no, I won't. (laughs) You can't do that. The only person in the world, the only people in the world I know their birthdays of, this is truth, are myself, my son's my wife and this one's horrible, but my good friend who committed suicide, who shares a birthday with my wife. And so it's like, Oh, that's kind of tragic. But, um, yeah, but let's talk about Vera creative. Let's talk about Jill Miller, what it is that makes you tick. Because when I first met you, I was trying to wrap my brain around what you did. And then when you laid it out to me, um, now I'm trying to wrap my brain around what you don't do. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really want to be that person that does a million things, mm-hmm. but um, s- such is life, I guess. So oh, where do I start? After after undergrad, I was looking at a bunch of job opportunities, and they all required a marketing degree. And I just had a basic liberal arts degree, and really nothing you know, um, too specific. Like I even tell people I got credit for I took a 300 level yoga course in undergrad and got credit for it towards graduating, which was super cool. Um, Cause I had already been into yoga for a while at the time. So that was right up my alley. Um, and I was working at a physical therapy clinic at the time and it was going through a rebrand and the director asked me if I wanted to sit on the marketing meeting and I was like, sure. Hmm. So we went to the, um, the firm that was doing the rebrand and I just loved it. I loved everything that they were doing, how they were, presenting it and the strategy behind it and how they came up with it, the creativity, the research, everything about it, you know, research down to the color of the logo and what those colors um, invoke, you know, what kind of feelings that they invoke in the psychology, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that piece. And I just, I was like, oh, this, I could see myself doing this. In undergrad, one of my professors, one of the best pieces of advice she gave me, she was like, if you're struggling to figure out what you want to be, figure out like how you would be it. Whatever role, like what would you wear? You know, what will you wear to work? I want to wear my pajamas now because I'm an entrepreneur and I work from home, right? But yeah. like, you know what I mean? But at the time it was like, okay, okay, I get this. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have a suit and be all professional and, and carry a briefcase and pitch presentations and creativity and and talk with people have like tons of interpersonal communication that's what I thought at the time <laughs> literally what I thought and uh and so I thought that was such a cool piece of advice and so when I was in this meeting I'm like I could like literally see myself acting out and doing all these things and it was so inspiring but all the you know jobs required a marketing degree or some type of experience so I was like well I'll just go get a master's degree why not <laughs> So did that in about a year and a half. 
um, flew through the program just because I was, took me a little bit longer to get through earlier years of undergrad because I partied mm-hmm. in my early 20s and, and again, like was just kind of lost, didn't know what I wanted to do. So after grad school, I got my first job in the marketing department of the Appraisal Institute, and I did a lot of trade shows. So I learned the trade show world, learned the promotions world, but it was so just stifling, and it was like a toxic work environment, and everything that I don't like about corporate, it was. Mm-hmm. At the time, um, I was presented an opportunity to work on a freelance project with a colleague from grad school. And it was a couple who wanted to open up a coffee shop and they wanted it very um, Christian centered, right? Like this place that people could come and read the Bible and drink their coffee and kind of like moving your morning routine. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of Christians have like that Bible time in the morning, right? Like moving that into the coffee shop. And they had three target locations. And so we just dove into the research. We looked at how many coffee shops were already in all of those locations. We looked at, um, we did, we did a massive survey, several hundred responses just of coffee drinkers to get a feel of what makes them choose a location. Um, what makes them loyal to a brand. And at the end of the day, we were like looking at the numbers. And when we presented them to the client, we're like, listen, these locations are already saturated with your McDonald's diehards, your Starbucks loyal, you know, fans, your America runs on Duncan people, Mm -hmm. and then all these other independent shops. And from the numbers you told us as to what you, you know, how many cups per day you need to sell versus the population versus a population that actually drinks coffee, that it's not adding up. And the husband was very upset and he hung up the phone on us. And then it was a year later when I found out that they actually bought into an existing chain of coffee shops located inside universities instead of opening. They they basically took our advice and they're thriving. Mm. And it was like, okay, that research saved them from from a potentially bad investment. And from that point forward, I really knew that what I was learning in grad school, I had to go out and apply into the world in a way that people weren't doing it. Cause like you said, people either jump into the strategy or they jump right into the execution. They hear, Oh, there's a new social media platform. I got to go beyond it. Okay. I'm just going to start posting on it. Oh, video is popular now. Okay. I'm just going to start posting on it. Right. So, uh, but what about all the research and there's so much you can uncover and so much time and money you can ultimately save when you do that groundwork ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think, of business startups and business owners haven't done that and, um, you know, probably could avoid a lot of money loss. (laughs) Yeah. Did those people, did you ever talk to those people again at the, at the coffee? I never did, Mm -hmm. but my colleague was actually very close with the family and she did. Okay. And she still, she still keeps in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about kind of how you approach you know, uh, somebody comes to you and is like, Hey, I, you know, I already have this business. Let's use me for instance. I already have this business and I'm kind of wanting to grow it a little bit. What, you know, what, what's the first step? What do I do? Obviously there's research. So tell me, walk us through the process a little bit so that we could see like, uh, you know, what you found to be successful to take somebody from a to, you know, at least F or G or if not Z. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm doing the research as I'm doing what they've already been executing, Mm -hmm. right? There's no reason to just pause everything and take backward steps. Um, Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm like you in the sense of like, um, I take action and I make decisions quickly and I just do it. Um, That's how I started my podcast. It was just like, boom, done, you know? Um, And honestly, and I didn't even do any research and, you know, I guess I kind of had that typical, I don't care attitude, which is the wrong attitude to have, but I was not walking my walk. So, um, so yeah, so, so first we want to understand the industry. You'd be surprised at how many business owners don't even understand their own industry, um, in terms of what's happening in the industry, what's new in the industry. Um, we look at the competitors, we look at 
the, the service or the product being provided. We look at how consumers are using those services and, and products. We look at, you know, the feedback, like say, say you want to start a company and there's a bunch of complaints out there about one particular thing about everybody else on the market. Well, if you can come in and solve that problem for them, then you could potentially dominate the market because now you're the product that that does the thing that has a solution that no other product has. So in that sense, that's why the research can be so valuable. And so we start with like kind of high level industry, whittle it down to product, and then we whittle it down to obviously the um, competition and target market. You know, the target targeting is huge. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. They just, they assume that, you know, yeah, we spend a lot of our time online, but we're, you probably have more of a chance connecting with somebody offline nowadays because they spend so much of their time online and they spend so much dodging advertisements and marketing messages and being sold to constantly online. So in in my heart, and I know this is so not what a lot of people think, but I'm like, you know, send them, a, send them direct mail, you know, capture them when they're got... 10 minutes of downtime and they're interacting with a physical piece of mail versus scrolling, you know, through social media. And in 30 seconds, not even three seconds, in three seconds, you're gone when whatever you said is gone. So, um, so yeah, so we, so we want to look at not just the platforms, but like who's on the platforms and how do people interact with the platforms and when do they interact with the platforms? And, um, you know, same thing with just, just, Digital and non-digital, I like to call it traditional media or new media. Um, so yeah, I think that answers the question. So we, so the research part of it, it gets high level, but then it gets down to like, okay, these are the tactics we want to execute. Now let's take a look at the statistics and the best practices and everything that we can do to get the most out of the money we put into that platform. Yeah, I mean, that's fighting the the typical narrative right now, but you really did kind of, so I've seen social media work for me and mostly in networking. Like, you know, yesterday I had an amazing opportunity based on just a, a networking through social media. And I've had many, many stories of these, but if I look at my client list, sure, they probably saw things. Yes, they saw things on social media, but a lot of those were nurtured relationships, like reaching out, how are you doing? getting to know somebody, interviewing them on podcasts, doing check-in calls with people, uh, being in their lives. And that's really, really, really hard to recreate. It's hard to um, maybe not recreate. Someone else can't do what I do typically, but also I can't speed it up very much because there's only so much bandwidth I have. And you just talked about mailers. Like I was talking to a company and they're like, we used lumpy mailers. I'm like, lumpy mailers? Yeah, we send an envelope with some piece in it, but there's something that makes the envelope lumpy, like a pen yeah. or, uh, you know, it depends on the market, who you're marketing to and you like have to open it, right? So there are some really incredibly creative ways to get into the eyesight of the market. Hey, before we get started, Imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. <laughs> what do you think of that? What do you think of lumpy I mailers? love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to implement for one of my clients actually. Yeah. I absolutely. And you know what? Like I, I created branded packaging tape for my CrossFit client. Mm -hmm. It's so cool looking. It's like a, it's like a collage of images and it's what she uses to send people t-shirts and stuff. So like, I mean, it's just, it's that extra step 
It's that I'm I'm a kind of a packaging nerd, I guess. I love a gift. <laughs> getting something in the mail that's really nicely packaged. So, um, so yeah, so just little things like that are a way to just, you know, kind of, wow. You know, if if your, if your, if your target market isn't saying, wow, um, at your brand, then they're probably not connecting with you. Like you have to have that extra little it factor. And I just wanted to say congratulations as well on your um, opportunity, your big opportunity oh, you. that you just thank mentioned. We'll yeah, yeah, that's super exciting. It is. But you're right. You know, people want a quick fix. They And they think social media is going to be a quick fix and, a, and, and convert right away. Um, they don't realize that all of marketing is a long game. It doesn't matter what tactic we call them marketing tactics so like direct mail social media email marketing those are all tactics yeah it doesn't matter which one you use you've got to be dedicated and that's why when we talk about budgeting like it drives me crazy when people want to throw their budget at one and only one thing you Mm. know you know maybe billboards are great maybe your research turned that out but you better be ready to spend several thousand dollars a month for a year or longer to actually get a return on investment and then I think going back to research, I think the thing that business owners don't research the most is how much marketing is actually going to cost them. How much is a website? How much is a logo? How much is it going to cost? You know, how much money do I throw at AdWords? If you're throwing $5 a day at your Google AdWords, that's a complete waste of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I once heard somebody, and this was just a blanket statement. They're like, if you can't do $10,000 a month, you don't play. And that's pretty intensive. And, you know, and then the same person would say, well, the reason like you, 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 uh, you can't win if you don't play and to play, you have to be at this number. It's like, that's so hard for small, small businesses like mine, like to, to clunk down. Okay. Well, I'm not going to pay myself for X amount of time so I can put ads out. But then on the other end, and and so it's such an interesting conundrum. And it's, I think so many people are afraid of mar- paying people to market. You know, I've paid people to market. It hasn't worked out, but I'm not sure I gave it enough time. I also didn't believe in it. And I think that's another real big thing that you and I can probably talk about because I know you really struggle with the, with the Facebook marketing. And that was where I was really struggling because basically what they wanted to create was um, – you know, an offer, like something that somebody could get for for free in exchange for their email, which I think is an incredible opportunity. You can gather emails, but I felt like we were literally throwing darts in a field and there Mm -hmm. was no target. You're just throwing them like, and you know, Oh, it hit that blade of grass. That person's now in. And I'm like, like they're not even close to what I want, even though there was, you know, air quotes targeted, um, targeted ads, I really struggle with that approach. I really, I'm, I hate it. I hate being targeted. I know that I know when I click on something that says, Hey, get this. I know I'm putting my email. I know what price I'm paying. And that I wave that very heavily. And then the whole DM thing, DMs come in. Like some people are ridiculously creative, but I'll still say, this is a VA, isn't it? And, um, you know, I know that world. This is a, this is a, yeah. an assistant don't like, tell me who you are, unless it's you. I know that, you know, this is just a systemized thing, but it works. And I'm, I'm keen on, it doesn't work for me anymore because <laughs> I've seen it so much. And maybe because I'm in my little shell of entrepreneurs and I know the strategies and I know what they're doing. Maybe I, I just see it differently than the co- common consumer. But, um, I think we, I, I just saw a post the other day. A guy said that um, the cold calls are the uh, and phone calls to clients are the next big wave. Again, uh, you know, people are tired of the online marketing, and you kind of said the same thing. Yeah, I I think that there's. I've been saying it for a few years now, so at some point I have to be right, right? Um, <laughs> but I just think that it's we're going to see a shift back into those more traditional forms because people are just too bombarded. Um, And why not get ahead of the curve? If you know people are sending other companies, your competition is sending less direct mail, give it a try. Mm -hmm. Why why not? You know, Um, it kind of drives me crazy when people are like, well, my competitor was really successful doing X, Y, Z. So I'm just going to go copy that. But you're not your competitor. 
your product is different, your messaging is different, your target market is different. I don't care if you're located across the street from them. What they do still might not work if you try and go and copycat it. Right. So, yeah, you know, so much, so much to unpack in what you just said in terms of like, if you, if you don't believe it, just like, okay, the way I feel like I consume media is very, is very different than a lot of other consumers, which is probably why it's hard for me to get behind things like social media. I make it very well known. I hate social media. I think social media is like contributing to the demise of our society. <laughs> and so for someone to tell me to grow my business, I have to be on it posting, you know, three times a day on every platform. It, it's not a compromise I'm willing to make um, because I'm not playing the social media game. I'm not throwing my money at Zuckerberg. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm very, I'm a very conscientious consumer when it comes to where I spend my money. I'm very conservative. Um, and so, so yeah, um, if it's hard for people to be like, well, I don't consume that way or I don't act that way as a consumer. So I don't see how anybody else could. Mm -hmm. I spend all my time scrolling through Facebook. That's where I, that's where I shop. You know, that's how I find new products. So it's hard to see outside the box and outside your reality and your experience and the way you do things. Um, and again, this is why research is so important because you can uncover so much um, psychographics about the way people are actually interacting with these different marketing tactics that you never would have think. Like you'd literally read the statistic and be like, that has to be made up if it doesn't, if it's not what you do yourself. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It's, it, I was doing some research on podcasting um, a couple months back and like I bet a bunch of people don't know this, but the growth of podcasts is ridiculously high. It's 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 like quadrupling yearly from you know like two million listener active listeners to four million active listeners, and it's just moving like that. Sixty eight percent of all podcast listeners are are consumers. In in other words, they're buying stuff. Yeah. So if you look at the growth of podcasting and you look at the percentage of people listening to podcasts who actually have money to buy, like it would make sense to advertise on a podcast that matches your clientele to the T. Um, so that's another way to think outside of the box. And so often, you know, we just think, well, I, I think we just get stuck in the social media, in the, the social media world. There's so many people I know not on social media. I know it's a vast majority mm. of people who are on social media. And I think you have to have a footprint there. I don't think there is a way around it. Um, I am very, very aware of ways to systemize it and to stay out of it. I just choose not to. I like being in it. I'm different than you. I actually like to see, uh, maybe it's my degree in psychology. I like to pay attention to what people are doing compared to what I actually know about them. It's an incredible, incredible human study. Um, and I try really hard to be very real sometimes like, Hey, today sucks. You know, you just posted yesterday, you had a rough day and yeah. you posted a reel. I think it, you might've posted it this morning, but whenever it was, um, that's the stuff I like. I like seeing what really is happening underneath the hood, but I think there's just so many different avenues to look at and you hit the nail on the head. I really struggle with funnels. I really struggle with, uh, lead captures, or I think that's what you call them because I don't like them, but I think mm -hmm. they still work really well. I think a lot of people are experiencing a lot of success with them. I'm actually just, I uh, created an ebook for one of my clients mm -hmm. as a lead in to get emails, to then sell them on a course, to then, to then, to then, to then. You know? yeah. And um, it's too early to tell if it's going to work. We don't even have the course fully developed yet. So we're not pushing it really hard, but yeah, it's hard for me to get on board with it because I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. And I have my clients trust in me, right? And um, if this doesn't work, then, you know, as as an entrepreneur, it's like you look at it and you're like, okay, that fell back on me. That's my fault. So it's a scary, I get it as a business owner. If we fall victim to the fear-based thinking, it's going to hold us back in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, and then, yeah, going back to the authenticity piece, I just think that social media is too tempting to not be authentic. And I think we personally surround ourselves with a group of people who are pretty dang authentic, yeah, especially real. on social media. Yeah. But, um, 
there is a lot of fakers out there. And, and so that's why it's frustrating. Again, just kind of going back to my gripe about it, <laughs> right? Is that you're right. It's like people put their best foot, their best you know, self, their best, whatever. Um, and when you come in and you're like all authentic, people are like, whoa, what's her problem? Why is she so negative? You know, and it can be a turnoff for them because that's not what they're used to seeing. Um, but there's, I mean, we could go into it so much, but then at the same time, it's like you put your best life out there. That's not really your life. And you're just creating jealousy for somebody else and, you know, pain points and <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's, there is a balance there. Like I, I will, you know, post, I always post the date picture with my wife. Cause I think more people need to be jealous of that. They need to be doing that. Like, please copy, please go date your spouse. So I'm doing that. Um, you know, so there is a, like an, an area of modeling that some of us are trying to achieve, but then it's like, if I didn't talk about the hard parts of marriage, if I didn't talk about the places where I'm falling short, if I didn't talk about the places where like, Hey, I've been married 26 years and we've gone through some major ups and downs and, and then it's not authentic. And, you know, I watch people on, this turned into a social media talk. I watch people on social media and I'm like, surely their life is not that good. And I automatically, in fact, there's some people right now that I watch who have massive notoriety and we know them. Everyone's paying attention to them. Everybody's bringing them up in these conversations. And I'm like, it's all fake. I mean, like some of it's true, but we're not seeing anything else. And so I actually have an aversion. I'm like the opposite effect. I don't want to follow that person. I don't, I don't give a rat's ass because I don't think they're being authentic. Right. You know, so we have to look at those angles too. Well, and that's what I love. And I was thinking about this this morning. I stayed up late last night listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Well, thank I you. know it's geared towards men, but it's like seriously my favorite new podcast. I absolutely love it. Okay. So I love what you said about, I put it out there, but then I give it context because you never know how somebody is interpreting your message. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and that is another reason why I think business owners struggle a little bit is because something makes perfect sense or looks great to them. And they automatically assume that everybody else is going to understand and be on board and it's going to click for them and resonate with them. Right. Um, we're too close to our brands to see their flaws. We're too close to the way we kind of pitch ourselves to see if it's really working or not. If it makes sense to us, we tend to cling to it and get it out there. Um, and again, going back to the research, the research can really help you. It's all about your target market. It's about how they interpret it, how they understand it, their needs. As a business owner, I think a lot of times we get wrapped up. We think it's all about us, especially because there's a strong message out there right now. That's like people buy from you. And so a lot of people are like, okay, I got to get in front of the camera and I need to put myself out there and be the face of my brand. And that can, that's true to an extent for a small business owner, right? Like I'm pretty sure my clients, like I said to you in a text yesterday, can, can get my services cheaper, but they can't get me, right? right? They can't get my brain. They can't get my approach. And so that's like the, the psychographic that I'm after for my business is they have to want to work with Jill Miller. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I just commend you because like you said, like I said, giving context to what it is you're putting out there, I think is really important. And it adds another level of, of connectedness and authenticity. Um, and I think that that's really wise of you to be doing. And with, um, like I said, with brotherhood of fatherhood, I'm just like, I'm soaking it all up, you know? Yeah. And I love it because it's, Women talk about the same stuff, but when women talk about it, it's more like they're complaining about it, mm. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. And so it, it it lands differently hearing a man say, you know, do do the work. Like, I think I have well, 136, I think is the episode that I listened to, and you guys were talking about like when you've got young children and how as a man, you know, you kind of got to put yourself on the back burner. Yes, you need to keep yourself healthy and fit and get your sleep in because you can't serve anybody when you're pouring from an empty cup. But at the same time, the the amount of help I had after um, Kyler was born versus Kensington made my recovery 
night and day different. You know, my husband just, he was able to take like, like literally take time off of work for a good week. I barely had to get out of bed after a C-section when you're running up and down stairs, your legs swell up. I had all this nerve issues. It was so bad. And, um, and so just being able to like lay in bed and take care of the baby who was in the bassinet next to me and not have to go up and down the stairs and chase my toddler and, you know, do laundry. It made my, I was doing yoga, I think nine or 10 days after my wow, that's surgery, awesome. which not is like totally against the doctor's orders, but whatever. I don't whatever. listen to doctors, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah. So just, just that in itself was like, you know, it just, it just resonated with me Thank and the, the whole show, everything, everything you're doing there. I just, listeners, you got to go listen to that side of Scott too, because <laughs> it's super inspiring. Thank you. So let's talk about how to authentically market like outside of, and, and to be honest with you, that's been a real, real, real strong thought in my brain recently because I've been doing brotherhood of fatherhood for almost three years, I think. And it's, it's a labor of love and it's something I really, really enjoy. And I've been looking at kind of what starts to happen three years, three years, like what is starting to happen now? And so let's talk about, for me, it's been doing the time. And the, the slow exposure, you know, and more men kind of catching the, the vision and joining and locking arms and doing the things that, um, you know, I put out there. I had an event. But let's talk about marketing because what's better, the quick wins or the long game? Because I, I'm playing the long game in the brotherhood of fatherhood. And in, when I'm talking about business that I'm monetizing, my other businesses – I get really anxious and I don't want to play the long game. But then I start to wonder like, man, if I would have started some of this stuff two years ago when I started this company, like I might be reaping massive, massive, um, you know, like customers at this point. So have you seen uh, kind of like that lifespan, um, you know, roll out and what's your take on that? Yeah. So I was actually just interviewing a fellow marketing consultant the other day. He actually specializes only on social media. I mean, thank the Lord for people like you um, and him that love social media. I need you <laughs> to fall back on. Um, but, and, and, you know, I said something about quality versus quantity and I've always been a quality person. Mm -hmm. And he's like, in this day and age though, you have to have both. Um, and so it, it's both the short wins keep you going for the long term, right? So I think it's really important, um, especially as an entrepreneur, because you don't have that pat on the back all the time. You got to get those wins in. You got to get the short, easy, quick wins that do work because they're going to feel your fire to keep you going for the long term. So when it comes to just overall marketing, it's, it's both, it's, it's quality, it's quantity, it's all the things. And that's why I think it's so important, you know, to at some point outsource because, now you've just added twice the amount of work on your plate, right? Right. You're like, wait a minute. Um, I have to like literally strategically think out every single social media post. I can't just throw this up because it looks okay for now. <laughs> you know? um, no, you can't, right? Um, and you asked about like, how do you authentically market? And I think brands, if stay consistent, but allow yourself to kind of morph and evolve over time. And you're going to learn this about, um, I connected you with one of my clients who's a CrossFit gym owner. And for a long time, we were just CrossFit Chippewa Falls. And the logo was Impact Font, CrossFit on big on the top, Chippewa Falls small on the bottom. Yeah. All You're laughing because you're like typical box mark, it's, like it's, logo. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yep. <laughs> yep. But we, we knew we were more. We probably went through with a designer at least 200 logos. Wow. And we're like, nope. Nope, not it. It's not it. It's just not it. We couldn't quite articulate what it is. <laughs> what ended up happening is, you know, over time, the business owner was just, she was just, the word community came in, came in at some point and she was like, that, I'm just so passionate about it. It's the community, the community here that, you know, I, I go to work and I feel like I'm working with my friends. It's all about community. And she ended up getting a tattoo on her forearm, I believe. And it's like a cursive community and the ends of the cursive look like jump ropes because there's jump roping right. in CrossFit. 
that became the logo. Oh, wow. (laughs) And and a bunch of her members went and got the same tattoo. Wow. (laughs) And so now like that kind of morphed into the latest version of the website where if you go to the website, it's like, we are passionate about community. Mm -hmm. And then every page, like for the CrossFit Kids page, it says something like, we are passionate about inspiring future generations. And the whole concept evolved over time, right? But it was extremely authentic to the business owner. And it wasn't a 180. It wasn't like one day all of a sudden we decided we're going to focus on the word community, right? The the business itself authentically embodied that already, right? The members embraced that already. Um, you know, the, the type of people that come together and, you know, somebody's house burns down and boom, they're there raising money for that person, right? So I think you have to do the, the deeper inner work, Right. I just posted a little clip from um, my interview with Kevin Faulkner, and he said, your business is only going to go as far as your personal development goes. Yeah. So super powerful statement right there. If you're not doing the inner work, it's like the the way you show up to your business is going to be the way you show up in your life, to your spouse, to your kids, er like everything. Right. So if you don't do the deep inner work, you're not going to show up like a rock star in your business and be sucking at life everywhere else. (laughs) Like it's just not going to happen. So you do the inner work first with yourself. You get to know what's important to you, what your, what your values are. And then you have to find your target market that basically shares those values, right? If you're, if you're trying to push what's important to you, that's where we talk about the disconnect, right? You're like, yeah, it's super important to me, but if nobody else gives a crap about it, then, you know, good luck selling it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so there's like a, you know, there's like a balance, right? Like, who am I? What am I about? How do I bring that to my customers and to my clients? And how do I attract people who value those same things? And also, how do I package it so that it is no longer about me and about them, right? At the end of the day, it still has to be about them, even though they're your core values. It's, it's kind of like, a, I'm, I hope I'm making sense and no, not does. just sounding like I'm backpedaling, you know? <laughs> no, it completely makes sense. It does. I, um, I, I started with Brotherhood of Fatherhood. I actually designed a box. So it's actually a box that has the logo on top. It's all black with white lettering and it's got sayings on it and it's, um, you know, welcome and this whole thing. And that you just struck a nerve because so many guys, they would order, order the box, had a shirt, a mug, a pat, a leather patch, these things in it, right? They would order the box and it wasn't the shirt, the patch, the mug, it's the box. That box is on so many shelves. When I get on a phone call or a podcast with my buddies, they all have the box up there. Like the brother, it's like this. And so, you know, that was the the welcome. Like you're a part of this tribe now. And you've hit like, <clears throat> that seems kind of like more of what you're talking about. Like, like I'm not sending my shirt in a, a bag. Now I do sometimes when it's just a shirt, but I'm sending it in a, in a, in a logoed out welcome to the tribe you belong, um, you know, box. I wish I could grab it, show you. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, and I've done this for other companies. So it's been something that I did really well for another company. I designed an entire welcome kit with a box of a personal video, all sorts of little things and tools in there. And those, you know, that's marketing. That's mark. You already have, this is another thing I'm really passionate about. For your, for the clients you already have, you can't start mar- stop marketing to them. You got to deliver your your product, but you also have to continue to be in front of them. And I learned this the hard way recently. You have to continuously be in front of them and show them that you care, you're there to help, and that you want them to win. Yeah. Get off yeah. the soapbox. <laughs> no. So the box, the box is intentional, right? It has mm-hmm. intentionality and authenticity and people pick up on that. And I think, like you said, it's like a statement piece. It's a mantle thing. It's a shelf thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. So I think that works really well in terms of the last thing you just said, it's kind of like, you know, the 80, 20 rule, keep the top 80% of your business comes from the top 20% of your customers. Right. It costs more to obtain a new customer than it does to retain your current customers. So yeah, don't get so greedy that you just want more and more and more customers and the ones you already have feel unappreciated and undervalued. Um, you know, you really have to focus in 
and nurture the relationships that you do have. And those actually, you know, the most powerful marketing out there is word of mouth. I don't know how, I mean, at the end of the day, the majority of my clients grow from word of mouth because we use marketing more so to nurture relationships versus go out and get new people. Your customers will kind of bring in the new people for you um, at this point in time in this day and age, I believe. The other thing I think that you hit on, and and I kind of was getting to this with you in the meeting the other day, was like, I think you said something like, I just, I don't know how to market this business. I'm like, yes, you do, Scott. (laughs) You, You have all the tools. You just have to take what you know about everything else that you've done in the past that has worked and apply it to this business. And that kind of would be like my biggest advice for business owners is, you know, what you learn in your life, then go apply it in your business. What your children teach you, then go apply it in your business. What your spouse teaches you, then go apply it in your business. You know, what your workout teaches you, apply that to your business. There's so many ways that things just are so intertwined and integrated. And I think when we start to get really segmented and fragmented in our thinking and our approach is when things start to struggle and not and no longer add up. So I feel like if, you know, if it worked for one thing, try it. It might not work, but you you have people are like, oh, I need more knowledge and I need more this and I need to run it by a hundred people and get the feedback. And yes, it's all very important. But again, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you you already know what you need to know. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times you already have the skills set and the knowledge and and you and it's probably just needs to be applied from one area of your life into your business. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. I think that's like a put a pen in that you guys like literally go back, listen to that again, write notes because I'm taking like these mental notes going, oh my gosh, that's so true. And there's certain elements I've done that in and it's works. And it's so funny. And this is why I tell entrepreneurs to always be here listening to other entrepreneurs and be in circles with other entrepreneurs. Because one thing that Jill and I probably can both attest is that we will, I will, and (laughs) I will have such clarity on what someone else needs to do in their business. Yeah. Say, you need to do this. But then when I look back at me, I'm like, well, I'm not even doing that. Like, what, yes. the, what the heck? Like, it's so easy for me to say, that's going to work for you. But then when I point it back on me, there's so much doubt in this stuff that's inside. So we're not applying what we actually know and learn to our own businesses. And I think that mm-hmm. in a nutshell, it's kind of what you're saying. And I think that's so incredibly powerful. It's something I've really taken note over probably over the last two weeks. It's like, ah, I was on the phone with a guy last night and he has a standing call with me. He's, he's really doing amazing things and he's coming up in the men's category. So he reached out to me cause we've had multiple conversations. Like, can we just have a standing call? And he, he told me his new plan and he's like, I'm really struggling believing. I think this is it. This is it. This is the finally the thing that's going to pop and be huge. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, there's doubt because you just laid it out to me. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah. And he's, and, and then I put the shoe on the, the, you know, the, whatever the saying is the shoe on the other yeah, foot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I do the same thing. Like w- when there's such a clear path and I'm like, well, you know, this self-doubt is our enemy for sure. Cause, Cause it's our money we're spending now, not somebody else's. Yeah. yeah that's always another part of it. Right. Like, right. Oh well, yeah. Dropping 10 grand on, for you. That's yeah. easy. Well, yeah. no, it's not, it's not easy you for anybody. You should totally invest in that. <laughs> yeah. You don't need yeah. to feed your family for a month. No big deal. Right. <laughs> well, and so going back to that integrated piece though, that's why I love yoga so much because mm. I was just like, you know, it wasn't, it was I don't remember the exact moment, but I just remember when yoga became a physical practice to more of this thing that I applied to my approach and my problems and even my victories in life. Right. Um, it, It was like, you know, I went for the physical. Right. And then one day the teacher said something and I'm like, he's not talking about the pose. Like there was something going on that was so powerful at that time in my life. And that what he said, I'm like, I need to take what he just said, even though it's about this physical yoga pose and apply it to this relationship or this career, you know, conundrum that I'm having or whatever it is. And, and that's why I love getting in front of people when I teach yoga, because 
I hope that they're making the connection. I don't know if they are, but much of what I'm saying is like, yes, it's about the pose, but if you take it just a little further, this is going to help you so much more off your mat than it really will on your mat. Yeah. So good. I think that just like if we were to wrap up the theme, it's, it's this, these uh, application principles from other parts of our life. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, very well said. Uh, Thank you so much. Here, I'm not even going to let you promote yourself because I, <laughs> I know. Um, look, guys, like when when I found Jill and she's like, I take a, you know, what, what did you say at the beginning? A research strategy and creative approach to marketing. I'm like, hired. I don't think I was that fast, but for me, it was like, <laughs> let's have a conversation because the I'm tired of the massive, massive overnight promises. And hey, I think it works for some people, but I personally... I had a, a different belief system and I was really excited to find you. So it's Vera creative and that's V I R a creative. If I got yep. that right.com yep. and it's super simple, just go there um, and, and check it out and then reach out to me personally. Like, like if you need like third party cre- credibility beyond this, reach out to me, we'll talk. Um, but you, if you own a small business and you align with Jill's, um, values that's probably we probably both agree that's incredibly important if you align your business aligns with values then then i'm going to tell you you need to reach out to jill so i just did your commercial for you because i think uh, i'm a believer that was a really sweet endorsement thank you for that scott (laughs) i i could not appreciate you more in this relationship more and i'm super excited to see uh where we grow from here same. I appreciate I think both, you both ways. Thank you. Yeah, I have, and thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I feel very lucky. Ah, me too. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure you do the thing, subscribe, whatever. And then um, V is for Victory podcast is Jill's podcast. So I'm always about like put a good good lineup of podcasts in your queue and so v is for victory i was just a guest on there that that so there you go you can go listen to the other side of the coin but um i've also listened to it and i thoroughly enjoy it and hey whining dogs in the background sometimes whatever (laughs) this is what life is like and so you guys thank you so much for listening have an amazing amazing day for listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week